What is up, fake nerds? It's me, Ben Magnet, back from my vacation from Orlando, Florida. I am well rested. I have a huge hangover from drinking around the world at the World Showcase, but that does not stop me from doing a show with my bros. Brandon T. McClure, how's it going, brother? Meow. As a cat? Meow. You're a kitty cat now? Meow. Oh, okay, so. All right, and I'm, of course, joined with the uh, spark plug, Wickowitty. Meow. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yes. And, oh, Ryan Eliopoulos is not here today due to things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that's hilarious. I wasn't here last week. Ryan isn't here this week. Well, Sparks week. wasn't here last week either. Well, Sparks wasn't here. Okay, so we, you guys were down two people last mm-hmm. week. So are you going to be gone next week? Uh, Sparks mentioned that to me earlier, and I guess I have to be. Uh, let, please don't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess you got to find something to do. Yeah. yeah. Next right. weekend, that means you can't do this. All right, so I'll um, I guess we'll go to Disneyland. You close enough? Sure. Yeah, because I, I was at Disney World. Yeah, for man. Like. Let's just yeah. You can't be. You cannot be at a theme park and be on the show. <laughs> you can't be across the country and be on the on a show as well. Uh, speaking of, how was it? It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is uh, your second time. Uh, third actually. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you, uh, please you don't do Shut up. You dickhead. You couldn't afford it anyways. Yeah, you're right. I am hysterically <laughs> I, broke. I bought you lunch today. We're going, we're going next year, yeah? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Febu- to- February next year? Yep. Wait. Really? Yeah, really. We're uh, let's it. do it. Wait, wait. Am I invited to this? No. Or, oh, you're just going to be that petty? Yeah. Okay. Do you know me? <laughs> I do know you. But yeah, Orlando was awesome. We only get <clears throat> got to spend one day at Universal, and uh, the rest of the time we were at um, uh, Walt Disney World. I actually got to go into Pandora because last time I was there, it the op- jewelry store. No, not the, the jewelry. music. No, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Avatar that. over in Animal Kingdom. What's an Avatar? Y- oh, you know, it's the uh, so every hundred. No. Dude, he's the last Airbender. Yeah, <gasps> exactly. It's the one person who could bend all four elements. I love that movie. I will throw you. <laughs> I will throw you into the stream. No, I won't. No, it's a uh, James Cameron's Avatar. Um. The theme park expansion for Animal Kingdom opened up last May when I was there last time. Actually, it opened up the day I flew home, so I wasn't able to go to it last year. This year, I was able to go. I was only there for a little bit because, of course, the lines for um, Ride at Passage and the Navi River ride were so were like over two hours long. I'll but pretend to know what that means. <clears throat> there are two rides there. That's okay. You don't need to explain it. All right. Keep coughing in the mic. It's great. I'm coughing away from the I'm mic. I'm kidding. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> So uh, yeah, we got to go on the flight of passage, which is where you get to fly on a, a banshee. You know that dragon-looking thing? Yeah, the I movie? prefer the uh, ride of passage actually. Yeah, and oh my god, Sparks it, got it. Yeah, Sparks got it. But it, I it, did. it's honest to goodness a really good ride. It's really really fun. Uh, think soaring over California. Think soaring around the world, except your seat moves. Oh, with that's you. cool. Yeah, and also there, it's like you're sitting on a bicycle seat. But the sides of the seat actually like move as if you can feel the banshee breathing. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. My only complaint was that the three D glasses are really loose because when we did our first nosedive, the glasses almost fell off my oh, face. Oh man, that'd be so, funny. So I had to hell hold on to my glasses for dear life so they would stay on my face. Just, woo! <laughs> <laughs> see the glasses. But no, it honest to God felt like I was flying a sky dragon. It was. Com- the visuals are just straight up beautiful. We got to you, see some marine like, life. Okay, you know what? But we're on, quickly on Pandora, does anybody care? Like, I don't, don't want to see the sequel. I, don't I, I haven't s- wanted to go back to see the original. I don't want to. It's. I don't want to see the sequel either. But I don't, even after being in 
the Avatar Land of Disney's Animal Kingdom. I walked out of there thinking, I still don't want to see Avatar 2. Avatar, well, that says a lot. That yeah. says a lot right there. Yeah, yeah Avatar seriously. 1 was fine. The visuals, I would, I didn't get to see it at night, which I guess at night it's like 10 times more beautiful. But it's they it's had, like Cars Land effect. Yeah, they have like yeah. the, the all the, the bioluminescent lights on it. What's so strange is like you you know, you go to Cars Land, you're like, Oh, you know what, I kinda wanna see cars again. You go to the Wizard World of Harry Potter, it's like, Oh, I wanna watch the the, the, the Harry Potter movies again. You'll go to Pandora's like, No, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I actually finally saw Cars Three on the plane ride home. Oh, what'd you think? It Sparks was, and I very much enjoyed it. It is a really, really good movie. Oh my god. I'm willing to go out to like Target or Best Buy or whatever, buy Cars One and buy Cars Three on Blu-ray that's, right now. That's exactly what Sparks and I were saying, right, Sparks? Yes. Like just skip two. One and three are actually pretty good. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe like watch the first five minutes of two so no. you could only the part no. that okay, fine, skip two entirely. But hey, Sparks, how was your week? Um, my week was pretty good. I played uh the Monster Hunter World beta and the Dragon Ball Fighters beta, so those were fun. That's cool. And nice. uh and uh oh I watched Black Lightning. Oh, I, I didn't get a chance to catch it yet. My um my Xbox One controller is dead and uh so I cannot You can't you can't charge it up? No, it's uh it's batteries. Really? Yeah. Still? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, screw you. How was Black Lightning? <laughs> I really like it. Uh, I really, really like it. It feels very different from all the CW other CW superhero shows. That's cool. That's good. Like I, it feels, like it feels very unique on its own. At least in the pilot, I really, really enjoyed the pilot. So who's a I, is is it just Berlanti or is Guggenheim on it or? Is... I don't. I don't know. I didn't really look at it. Um, I feel like it's Berlanti and then somebody totally different because there you can feel like a different kind of voice behind this show. I see. That's cool. And I mean, like, and I mean, like, let's be real. There has to be some kind of strong black voice behind writing this show. Yes. Because because it's such a strong presence that you can feel the difference in this show. It's very well executed. So I'd I'd be hard pressed to say that there isn't somebody else really making that feel strong yeah no i agree um i really really enjoyed it i thought it was really well done that's um, cool i'm i'm very excited to watch it uh <clears throat> i was originally before it came out kind of convinced that like oh yeah eventually it'll probably become part of all the other ones i don't think that is necessary anymore actually oh yeah how so like like well i just i think it's a good show by itself and if it never crossed over i'd be okay with it um, like if it did, I guess that's fine, but I don't, I don't like really want it. I see. Like, not that I'm against it, but it doesn't matter. The show's good by itself. That's cool. That's good to know, actually. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to watch it. I, I will watch because I watch all those shows, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, last week I, uh, went to see, I customarily saw three movies. Nice. Um, which is my new normal. It's pretty great. Okay. Uh, what did I see? I saw... Uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower. All right, which is the new studio, not Ghibli. It's the other one, Panko. It's their um, bra- there's their de- their debut uh, um, <clears throat> it's their debut film. I really correct? like how you turned, didn't and then, cough, and then <laughs> coughed into the mic. I thought I didn't have to <laughs> cough, and then I did cough. Sorry, the audience. It was pretty great. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Don't uh, do that. No, I yeah, I it was all right. I, I enjoyed myself. Um, it does have a little bit of feel of my favorite. Uh, Studio Ghibli film was just Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw The Commuter, which is 
has Liam Neeson, so of course you go see. Man, him. I had an interesting time in this movie because, like, in the beginning, so I was like, Liam Neeson. Oh, I love Liam Neeson. Yeah, I really like Liam Neeson. Audience, if you haven't noticed, I really like Liam Neeson. He does. And then Patrick Wilson walks in. I'm like, oh man, Patrick Wilson's in this movie. That's great. Oh, oh shit, Night Owl. And then, uh, really? Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Night Owl. You go to Night Owl for Patrick Wilson's filmography. What'd you want me to go? Conjuring. <laughs> Insidious. Phantom of the Opera. Uh, the upcoming Aquaman film. Oh, yeah, he's a fan of the opera, too. <laughs> Jesus. Patrick Wilson, I don't know why I like you so much. <laughs> um, no, I do know. He's quite delightful. Um, and I'm like, oh, man, Patrick Wilson's in this. And then Sam Neill walks in, and I'm like, oh, man, Sam Neill's in this movie. Oh, shit, Sam Neill? And I was just like, man, all that needs to happen is Jeff Goldblum and John Stamos need to walk through, and I'm, I got all my, my man crushes in one, one bar. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then I saw uh, Godzilla Monster Planet, which is not in theaters, admittedly, but I saw it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not going to get too much in depth of it because I do want to do an episode on at least it, if not Godzilla himself. Uh, so, real quick on the Black Lightning thing, because I wanted to look it up. Uh, Salim Akil, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and his wife, Mara Brock Akil, uh, who are both uh, black. They are co-showrunners with Berlanti for Black Lightning. Nice. Sweet. Good, and good, good. Uh, they, they have a lot of strong influence on the show, it seems. So, uh, awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is awesome. Godzilla Monster Planet, not that awesome. Um, so, I, I, I looked at the text messages between <sighs> you guys from Monster Sparks Planet. Sparks' heavy was, sigh, I should tell you. Well, I was in Orlando. Sparks' heavy sigh. Uh, yeah. I mean, like we'll talk about it at a later date yeah. in more detail. So, I'm not going to delve too far into it. Um it's just it, I've never I've never so actively rooted for the main character who's a human in a Godzilla movie to get killed by Godzilla. Oh, wow. absolutely. Absolutely. I have never ever rooted that hard for Godzilla to kill the main character in a Godzilla film. Yeah. That's so I don't know that's I don't know if to say if that's messed up or or what. There was this guy. There was this one one bit where this guy was like, "Hey, I just watched Godzilla Monster Planet. The humans weren't that interesting, but hey, Godzilla's the star." And I'm like, "Dude, your star is in the movie for like five minutes." Oh no. <laughs> so excuse me. I mean, I mean, oh, if no. you want to get technical, he's in it for like thirty seconds. Yes. Yes. If you want to get really technical, which is actually a spoiler that we won't get too much into. But yes, is it like Godzilla? Oh, well, when a lot of people complain about Godzilla but, 2014. Oh, man. No, it's worse. It's worse than that. I I still hold that I like Godzilla's 2014. So, so do I. Uh, final final thought on just Godzilla Monster Planet from me. Um, there are currently three Godzilla franchises out. There's Shin Godzilla, which is having a sequel. There's ours, which is having a sequel, uh, and has a King as Kong as part of that franchise. And there's the animated Godzilla films, which is having a sequel next year. Uh, and 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 again, like we're gonna do a bigger discussion on it at some point. But I think that the the key thing to just know when you're going into it, then when you watch it, is just that the reason it's so hard to appreciate to to like it is because the potential for it in comparison to these other franchises that Brandon just named was so much greater than what yes. they did with it. That's exactly oh, what no. I was getting at. This one has the had the most potential, and really didn't do a whole lot with it. Oh shit! I'm scared now. And I hated the animation. I'm just gonna put that out there. I hated right. the animation. All right. Anyway, if 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 we'll get into it another day, we'll okay. another day. Let's Keep put a me. pin in that and move on. Yeah, we will. Um, let's get into the episode then. What yeah. do you guys say? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like there was. Oh, there was one more thing that I that I said uh, I was going to bring up. I made a lot of mistakes last week. Uh huh. And uh, 
Oops. Uh, okay. But what was the, what was the one? I, what was the one you corrected me on? Lily James, not Lily Collins. Lily James of Baby Driver and Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella is the younger uh, Meryl Streep in the new Mamma Mia, not Lily Collins. Yes, that was the big one I made. That was a big mistake I made last oh, week. One other little thing that a little fun thing that happened to me in Orlando. You know the you met Lily James. No, I didn't. wow. <laughs> I wish. No, he met Lily Collins. <laughs> <laughs> totally, get, get yeah. Straight, Brandon. Get it straight. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, um, actually, you know the Indiana Jones stunt show at a uh, Hollywood Studios. Oh, don't you, you posted this all over Facebook and Holy Twitter sh- and I Instagram? Post, I only posted it once. All over. It wasn't. He can all. talk about all it. Right. He can talk all about right. it. What? It, it was fun. I Continue. Actually, no, I got to go on stage and be an extra for the stunt show. It was actually really fun. I quite enjoyed it. I, I know. I. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, I believe you. Was uh, that was that one of those like raise your hands kind of things, and they picked you? Yeah, it was. Okay, I was I wasn't sure if it was that or it was like a screener thing at no nope. at the okay. no it was quite literally raise your hand, go crazy, so I'll pick you, and then they picked me, and I got to go on stage. So so you know that Ben's a great woo girl because he got their attention. Oh, Actually, they called me the lasso man because I was like raising my arm like I would a lasso. Oh no. <laughs> ben, sometimes you hurt me. Oh, how? You wound me, sir. Let's, let's just get into the episode. Yes, let's um let's all talk about this ne- let's talk about this chunk uh, with Ryan in our hearts. Uh-huh. Comics. Da, 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 da. 300 is getting a prequel comic which was first announced in 2009. Wow. Uh, I thought this sounded old like old news. Yes, this was initially announced in 2009 and we are finally getting it. So Frank Miller Frank t- Miller is writing and drawing a comic called Xerxes: The Fall of the House of Darius and the Rise of Alexander. Who cares? Wait, wait. <laughs> wait so <laughs> right. this is a- this is another James Cameron's Avatar situation for me. Like who cares? Right, exactly. So I like the original graphic novel, but when this was announced it was writing off the high of the film still. And the, yeah. they have since made the sequel they have since of the film. made a poorly received sequel. Uh huh. Yes. Three hundred rises of the whatever the Resident. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it was you. All right, guys, that's it. Um, it's cut. this one will be released April fourth, two thousand eighteen. This is gonna be a five issue miniseries. Uh, like I said, Frank Miller is writing and drawing, but he has a quote here. Uh, Xerxes will focus on the title, on the titular Persian monarch before the events of the original series, as he sets out a, about av- avenging. I can't read today. Sets out, sets about Jesus avenging the death of his father Darius and expanding the Persian Empire across the world. However, the series will also deal with the rise of Alexander the Great and his conquest of the Persian Empire, suggesting that the book will feature Xerxes, uh, Xerxes' successor as well. Uh, that's the quote from uh, the article I picked this up. Uh, he his quote follows 300 was an interlude in the greatest in the great story of the Persian Wars. The Battle of 300 represented one episode in a much greater series of wars. This series tells the story of the first great clash of civilizations, the first bloody conquest between East and West. The odds vastly favor the Persian forces, but the Greeks have Alexander, the greatest military commander of all time. Frank Miller. And I, I echo Sparks' sentiment. Who cares? My point exactly. Who cares? We have 300. We have the movie. We don't need any more of this. I mean, like, if, if it's a good enough book that, like, I hear, oh, man, you have got to read the prequel to 300 with Xerxes in it. It's so good. If I hear that, then I guess I'll check it out. But beyond that, I'm not really. And I don't like, I I think Frank Miller's art was passable. I I never liked Frank Miller's art, but I I understood it and I I felt it to be serviceable early stuff. But his current stuff is just horrendous. 
it is just bad. Like I was like he did he did the interior comic mini comics for Dark Knight three and a lot of the one in one hundred variant covers. My God, his Wonder Woman. There's a Wonder Woman cover. It's just gross. His art is just gross now. That man cannot draw. And I feel like John Romita Jr. is siphoning his artistic talent uh, because John Romita Jr.'s art is starting to look like early Frank Miller. That's my theory anyway. I don't think it's true. But hey, why not? Alrighty then. Hmm. I don't think I got that deep into Dark Knight 3. I think I got the first two issues and I was like, nah, I'm done. Right. Dark Knight 3 wasn't even good. and That was written, that was his story. It was written by Brian Azzarello, who is a good writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one cares. No one cares. I'm, I'm sure someone cares. Someone like Frank Miller... It's out there, I'm sure. Um, Action Comics is reaching 1,000 this year, guys. I've been excited about this for so long. We knew I was excited about this back when we did our one year. I think this was one of the things I was talking about being excited about. We knew this this was was, we knew this was happening. They announced it with Rebirth. And do you want to say it, Sparks? But what they didn't what they didn't say back then is that Bendis was going to be writing it. Because yeah. Bendis is writing, and they're uh, this I this I fully expected, but they're putting the fucking they're putting the underwear oh, back on. That's fine. I'll edit it. <laughs> I don't care. It deserves it. Yeah, they're making him look like he used to. The new the new art, the new look of Superman, is the classic look of yep. Superman. The red trunks are back. We're all very excited about it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't think I've ever been this excited to hear about a red speedo before in my entire life. The um. Marv Wolfman will be writing a script, which is actually, he's based off an unpublished Golden Age uh, comic, which is amazing. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Richard Donner is writing a is writing. Richard Donner is writing a, a right, story? Richard Donner is oh, writing a story. Man. Jeff Johns. It's it's going to be massive. Oh, yeah. The, I, I can assume action number 1,000 is going to retail by what? This, what? Is, this is. It's going to be eight bucks. It's an $8 prestige hardcover. Oh. Oh, hell Yes. It's, so we got Richard Donner, Jeff Johns, Peter J. Tomasi, Pat Gleason, Dan Jurgens, Brad Meltzer, Lewis Simons, and Jerry Ordway, Tom King, Scott Snyder. Brian Michael Mother F. And Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis. Writing. I'm s- the hype is so real. <laughs> this is this is crazy. This sounds This is the first comic oh. ever to reach one thousand issues. Yes. And this they the way they're the, okay. Uh Jim Lee was quoted. Action Comics number 1000 represents a watershed moment in the history of not just comic books, but entertainment, literature, and pop culture. There's no better way to celebrate Superman's enduring popularity than to give him a look that combines some new accents with the most iconic features feature of his classic design. And he he is the one who designed the new look and or classic look. Mm-hmm. And wow. Wow, wow, do we, wow. Do we have a photo of that look or no? Yes. It's, it, we, there was, I have a photo up. Obviously, people can't see it. Yeah. Um, but it's... Look, just take what Superman looks like now, put some red trunks on it. There you go. Okay. They did say that they're going to be like going forward combining some of like the best parts of his costume over time, which I which I assume to mean that that some changes might get made to how the cape sits on him and some changes are going to be made to the symbol. Possibly, but they've made a big deal about bringing the symbol back to its classic look. <sighs> mm-hmm. No, 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 Early. I know, I know, but I mean like they've said that they're pulling like pieces. Yeah. I'm talking going forward, not just for the 1,000 issue. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's going to be available in on. So it's going to be available on April 18th. So please go to your comic book store. Uh, go to your local comic oh. book store. Order this book. I am, you do not want to miss it. Oh no, Bendis I, is my favorite writer. I'm so excited. 
It's a t- so let me see if I get the Bendis one. Uh, it's a, 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 a it's gonna be like a t- it's a ten page story with art by Jim Lee. So it's oh. Brian Michael Bendis and Jim Lee. Oh, dude, that's like a dream team right there. I mean, man, and and like the whole thing is like Bendis came over to DC after he went and visited a Superman museum. Like the hype is huge about what this has to be. Do you remember? Do you remember when he was writing Ultimate Spider Man? Sparks and we talked about an interview that he did where he said, "Ever since I basically started on Ultimate Spider-Man, I've been writing notes for a, for Superman." Yes. So like he had like twelve years of Superman stories written. I'm so excited. Oh, this is so great. So, we, so I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for the announcement he's going to take over a Superman line. One I don't, of them. So I I I I mentioned this last week. I wonder if so. I mentioned like last week either you give him something. Something bigger, you give them something small to, uh, to like make big. Um, I I wonder if Jurgens would probably leave Action Comics, and they'll just and they'll give it to Bendis. I don't know. It depends on it depends on, because because Action Comics right now is, it's not really developing anything so huge. Um, they just did the Super Sons of Tomorrow story. That was a crossover. Oh, wait, with no, Superman. I'm th- I'm thinking of Superman. Yeah, I'm not thinking yeah. of Action. Never mind. Action Comics currently uh, is doing. I, you know, they both gold. they both start to jumble. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it it's possible because I mean, like whatever's happening with a thousand, you know, they've they've certainly got some plan built up to it. So I feel like anything that comes after one thousand would kind of be a kind of a new start kind of spot. I think so. Yeah, some of this, some of this, like man, Paul Dini's going to write a story in this. Oh, uh, Jeff Johns with uh, Olivia Colp Colp Colp. Koypel, sure. Um, uh, Tom King, Clayman, Brian Meltzer, and John. Oh, Brian Meltzer and John Cassidy. John Cassidy is going to do is going to do uh, uh, art with Brad Meltzer. Uh, uh, do you know who John Cassidy is, guys? No. All right, so John. Yes. Cass- so Sparks knows John Cassidy. Uh, you might know him as the as the artist on the Star Wars books when they started. <gasps> but he was a longtime Marvel collaborator. Yeah. Um and now he's doing a Superman oh, story. Man. His art is no, gorgeous. This book already sounds like it's worth the eight bucks. It's oh, hands out. Scott Snyder is doing a story with Tim Sale. Oh God, dude, man, man, I love Tim Sale's art so much. Dan Didio has said the 1000 issue of Action Comics is an incredible milestone in pop culture and a testament to the vision of Jerry Siegel and Joe's sister. Without this book, along with Siegel and Schuster's fertile imagination and the boundless creativity of the superheroes, place in literature may have been wildly different, if not altogether non-existent. Is it April yet? I am no. very, very excited. I, I, I gotta tell you, if they announce Bendis has taken over Action Comics, and now with, uh, I know it's our next bit of news, but with Slot leaving Amazing Spider-Man, and I can start picking up Amazing Spider-Man with confidence again, uh, I'm gonna be a happy camper. Speaking of, yep, those are two of my favorite titles. Thank you. For uh, wait, before we get before we get off the action that comics thing, real segue. quick, I wanted to talk about. I know it was, but I wanted to mention that um, there's also a hardcover coming out uh, to uh, companion piece to the 1,000th issue. Did you see about this? I thought that was the 1,000th issue. No, no, no. It's a 80 Years of Superman Deluxe Edition hardcover coming out the same time. Oh, I it's have a companion that on my piece. Poll. It's a it's a companion piece, and what it is is it has. Um, uh, the works of generations of top writers and artists for the original superhero over all the years that it's been going on. Um, it has every single 
all 1000 action comics covers presented in the book along with a special poster uh and as a bonus a previously unpublished 1940s superman tale believed to be written by jerry siegel with art by joe schuster i have that yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i i do have that on my pull list right now and i thought it was the same thing but that's cool to know that it's not they're two they're two separate things so this this eight dollar collection of those stories that you just went through is the official 1000th issue and then this hardcover uh is a celebration of the 1000 years legacy with this extra story that's never been published and all this stuff so that's cool that's cool it is an exciting time all 1000 covers imagine what they're going to do when detective comics reaches a thousand oh god can't wait all right anyway oh i wonder if they probably might they're probably jump wonder woman they might jump wonder woman to a thousand because wonder woman Thousands should actually be coming up in a couple of years, at least. It's gonna. It goes Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. If they, if they, if they do what Marvel generally does, which is count everything, which is just kind of be like, okay, now we're if this comic was ever rebooted, it'd be here. Then that would be theoretical. They could do that. Anyway, moving on. Dan Slot. Dan Slot is leaving Amazing Spider-Man officially with issue one hundred. With issue Jesus, eight hundred and one. One sparks his hand. Sparks' hands are out of the sky. He is praising the sun. He has been on the books for 189 issues ever since Brand New Day. Uh, Bendis currently holds the record. And actually, Dan Slott has said that if he had known that Bendis was going to, because they've been planning on his leaving since, Spider- since Spider-Verse, but if he had known that Bendis was leaving uh, to DC, he would have stayed on Spider-Man to beat his record, which, thank goodness, he didn't. Yeah. What a butt. I'm glad that he... He doesn't get to because what a butt. Um, I am so happy, so happy. It's ten years. I got tired. I got really tired real quick of what Slot was doing with Spider Man, and it's honestly been sad to me because Spider Man's my favorite character that I can't pick up his main comic line. Because you've been been talking about this since Superior Spider Man. Yeah. Hey, Spider Man. I was not a fan. And look, I, I've heard that there have been some things that I think, you know, if I read them, I probably would like them. But on the majority, I just don't like what he's done with the character. I don't like his personality. I don't I don't like this guy very much. I don't like what he's done with my favorite character. He's so, your Stephen Moffat. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, I, I don't like what he did with Peter Parker. I just don't. Sure. I don't like the whole direction that his whole thing wound up taking. I thought it went completely against what makes him my favorite character because he is. Um, but I'm happy that I can now pick up an Amazing Spider-Man not written by Dan Slott in the very near future. And I, if I hear good things about Iron Man, I'm willing to give him a shot on a different character. Just I don't want him writing my favorite character anymore. Right. Um, Sparks, for someone who hasn't really read the Dan Slott books, what exactly has he done in a very quick notes version? Brett, Brandon, you look like you had the thought already, so you go ahead. It's just, look... Because mine you, will just be angry. When you get <laughs> okay. on, when you're on a book for so long, especially a book that you just kind of, the way Nick, so the difference between Nick Spencer and Dan Slott is the, w- Superior Spider-Man was kind of where his personality really took a nosedive, is when, you know, Nick Spencer was like, look, I, I did this to Captain America. It's not going to be this way. It will get better. You just got to trust me and bear with me on the story, which I felt was really, respect, was really respectful. Whereas Dan Slott was just kind of like, Oh yeah, I changed. I put Doctor Octopus in Peter Parker's body. Uh, go screw yourselves. Oh. Yeah, his whole his whole what sums up what will sum up really quick my problem with Dan Slott is someone asked him about like changes he made 
with with the character in his world and dan slot said i legitimately like to think of what will piss off fans and then write it and yeah that's not i just don't agree with that yeah i don't agree with that either well i heard i want to read a silver surfer run because apparently it's really good um yeah i'm not i'm i'm not even gonna knock him as a bad writer but i do not like what he did with i do not like what he did with peter parker like where it all ultimately wound up and I didn't read everything because I, I refused to support it. I was trying to read it for a while and I stopped because I'm like, I don't like where this is going. I don't want to support Dan Slott writing this. Right. Um, and so I don't I haven't read a whole lot of things like Spider-Verse and all that. I haven't read it. I've heard cool things about some of it, but I'm still like, yeah, but where it ends up with what he decided to do with Peter Parker, I still don't agree with because I know what it the, is. The problem comes into like in Superior Spider-Man was a high note for the book. Like the book did really well. Um, and then he just kind of kept going and he was, he was out, he was, he was running on fumes. He's been running on fumes, I would say for about five years. And it's when he should have been done a lot earlier. I would say that's a lot of fumes if he's been doing it for five years. So he's taking over Iron Man. He's taking over Iron Man after Bendis. I don't know if right. Ryan is screaming or if Ryan is cheering. Um, Ryan is actually uh, very excited. I have, I have Ryan's own comments here. He said, um. He's excited for Slot to be on Iron Man. Bendis has been great, and Slot has a terrific sense of character and tone. He's a good writer, despite what Spider-Man turned into. Spider-Verse and the stuff before was especially uh, was dope, especially Superior Spider-Man. So he's hopeful for what will happen with Iron Man now. Yes, yeah, and what I Ryan, can... but real quick, what Ryan forgets is that Slot also wrote Spider Island, which is garbage. And uh, but I mean, like I can I can agree with his sentiment. Like, like I said. I don't necessarily think that slot is just all around a bad writer. I just really, really don't like the decisions he made for the majority of his Spider-Man time. I don't like the bulk of where the character arcs were headed. And I, I don't agree with that, but on a character who I care a little less about now, it's going to be one of Ryan's favorites. Uh, we'll see what'll happen if it's good. And Ryan says, so I'm willing to give Dan Slott a chance. Just get him away from Spider-Man because I love Spider-Man and I don't like what he did. Right. Okay. Move, moving on. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, the hunt for Wolverine. Did I say that right? I don't think I did. Hunt the for hunt for Wolverine. Yeah. I, I thought I said Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine hunt. The hunt for Wolverine starts in April. Charles Soule and David Marquez will be scripting a one shot uh, with Steve McNiven doing the cover. Uh, Steve McNiven and Charles Soule famously killed Wolverine and mm-hmm. the Death of Wolverine miniseries. They, they did. Uh, Charles Soule was quoted. At, we know that. Wolverine is alive, and this will be kind of how. Um, Charles Soule was quoted, Steve McNiven and I took on the incredible task of killing Wolverine back in 2014. It was one of my earliest projects in Marvel, and such a huge opportunity. Intimidating, tricky, all of that, all of that but ultimately, I think we created a book alongside these other people. I can't pronounce any of this. Okay. Uh, that we're all really proud of. There's really only one project that could top it being part of the story that brings Logan back. The Hunt for Wolverine is just the opening chapters of mystery of a mystery that will reach all sorts of cool hidden cor- corners of the Marvel Universe and will tell a story that will hopefully have us looking at Logan in an entirely new way. Hmm. Um, so The Hunt for Wolverine will not be the only t- title that's coming out in May. There will be more, each featuring a different creative team, uh, focusing on different storytelling genre. Uh, Marvel has not named these creative teams, uh, but the titles are Wolverine Adamantium Agenda, which is an action-adventure series, Wolverine Claws of the Killer, which is horror, Wolverine Mystery in Madripoor, romance, Wolverine uh, Wolverine Weapon Lost, Detective Noir. 
So that sounds fun. Uh, we don't know if these are minis or if they're going to be one-shots. Uh, and Charles Soule comes back and says, I'm really looking forward to seeing how fans start to put the pieces together. There's a pay- there's a big payoff coming down the road, and all the interlocking parts of the Hunt for Wolverine build to it. The more you read, the more clues you get. It's really fun, especially since I have a bit of a reputation in ex-continuity for knocking off beloved mutants. This time, it's nice to be part of bringing someone back. That dro- That drops April 25th. What do you think? I think it's good that it's the person who, and people like that story who killed him, uh, who's doing the resurrection. Yeah, I think that that makes the death that makes it feel a little less cheap. Yeah, if he's got this other story he wants to tell now. It's only a matter of time. I'm actually surprised Wolverine stayed dead for as long as he did. Yeah, I forgot. I remember back in 2014 when because we would go to Earth Two and that we they'd have the in memoriam cards mm-hmm. like uh, advertising like the death of wolverine and yeah he has been dead for four years four years surprising normally they kill a character off and six months later oh he's back now i mean i think they're getting a little bit more wise at that and i, th- I thought they'd keep him dead for a little longer now that old man logan has taken essentially that place yeah and there's more storytelling i think there's more storytelling possibilities with old man logan but hey you know what why not hey uh shall we move on to disney Ooh. Disney released their uh, year in looking forward, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, article where it's like, here's a bunch of the stuff that's coming out. So I picked the two that I think we're most interested in. Or one and a half. <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story. Finally has a synopsis. You know they're selling t-shirts for that Disney World, right? Sure. Solo, a Star Wars story. Synopsis reads, board the Millennium Falcon and join... Uh, mm, let me try that one again. Board the Millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story. An all-adventure with... What? An all-new adventure, thank you. With the most (laughs) beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades, deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot, Chewbacca, and encounters the notorious gambler, Lando Calrissian, in a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. That's really interesting. I... Assume that we. I remember an article that said we were not getting the origin of how he met Chewbacca. Yeah, so did I. Hmm. Uh oh. Oh no. They said that that um, original origin was still canon. How he was in the Imperial. Then I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. I've. Uh, you just we said see, it already. You just want to see him still with Chewbacca already. Yeah. Did you hear that the, the Star Wars story group was like one of the primary reasons why we why we um this is just kind of a quick tangent uh one of the primary reasons why we we kind of let the legend stuff not be canon anymore is because they killed Chewbacca with a moon. <laughs> they dropped a moon on Chewbacca, <laughs> and we wanted him to yeah. be to be alive. <laughs> I was like, right. oh, that's actually apparently that's a great way to die. It's like, how'd you die? Well, in in dropped a moon in, on uh, me in print he's a very difficult character to write uh-huh because he just growls he goes yeah. so they had to kill him so they eventually they were like well we're just gonna kill Jabaka. someone's gotta die uh and he was the easy one so like the story was like it's just i didn't want to have a star wars movie without chewbacca so that was, was kind of fun all right i mean look if it's good it's good i'm not i'm still not too much on board with this one I'll be honest. Sadly, same here. Normally, I, when I hear a new Star Wars, I'm not on board on this like I was with Rogue One. Rogue One, I was totally on board, but Solo, I was like, well, probably because Solo's not one of my favorite Star Wars characters, so that well, but could th- be that. This is just, well, what do you think, Sparks? What do you got? What do you got to say? 
I mean, I don't feel like I have anything different to say from what I've said before that like nobody really asked for this movie, but here we are. Right. I don't see the point in a Han Solo film where Han Solo isn't being played by Harrison Ford, and I stand by that. I agree. I don't. I don't feel like we needed that. I feel like if this were not based around him but someone else, and then Han Solo was the not the main character, then I'd be more understanding of why he would be there, uh, played by a different actor. But kind of like that's Tarkin in Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, something on that level. Uh, yeah. But that's not what we're looking at. So, you know, I'm like, eh, eh. No, I, I mean, I have, I have, I have hopes that it'll be good. But I, but I'm also on the other side of the fence. I'm like, if you're gonna do it, then yeah, of course you're gonna. I, I feel a little differently from you because I'm like, if you're gonna do it, then of course you do. How he met Chewbacca? Because why wouldn't you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna make, if you're going to make a prequel movie about him, then what do people want to see? Well, people will want to see how he and Chewbacca bonded. People will want to see. Yeah. All right. Because we have, we have four films of him and Chewie already being close. So if they're making another and it takes place in their past, you would want to see a different dynamic between the two of them. Not really, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, whatever. It's coming. There's really nothing we can do about it no. at this point. The Incredibles 2 also released a new synopsis, which we can unanimously say excited. Everyone's favorite family of superheroes is back in Incredibles 2. But the time, but this time, Helen is in the spotlight, leaving Bob at home with Violet and Dash, uh, now voiced by Huck Miller, Milner, sorry, to navigate the day-to-day heroics of normal life. It's a tough transition for everyone, made tougher by the fact that the family is still unaware of Baby Jack Jack's emerging superpowers. When a new villain hatches a brilliant and dangerous plot, the family and Frozone must find a way to work together again, which is easier said than done, even when they're all incredible. I'm excited. Ooh. I'm excited, guys. I'm really excited for that. Ooh, Helen's in the spotlight. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that one. Sparks, I, I assume you agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is nothing. This is not new information to me from what sure. the 23 said. So, Moving on, then. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe News Cloak and Dagger has a release date finally, 7 of June. The 7th of June. Cool. That wasn't clear. Oh, hey, that's my dad's birthday. At 8 p.m. It will be a 10-episode season, finally airing on Freeform. We saw a bit of a clip. Look, whatever. <laughs> it looks fine. Yeah. Uh, did you see the clip, Sparks? No. It looks fine. Um, okay. And uh, oh, uh, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be great. Who knows? Uh, Gifted looked fine, too, and then it turned out it was great. Yeah. Runaways was great. Venom was interesting this Ooh. week. Um, now take this one with a massive grain of salt because the source that it comes from is not the, the greatest the, source ever. Look, he's a he's a fine fellow, uh, but he I wouldn't I wouldn't put a hundred percent into this. Uh, so John Schnepp was on Collider was on I think Collider Heroes mm-hmm. and said that Tom Holland Spider Man he said quote Spider Man is going to be in Venom for the last couple of months we've been hearing now how Sony is keeping it all separated and Spider-Man is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but every other character that's in the Spider-Man universe is all separate. All I'm saying is that Spider-Man, and I'm talking about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is going to be in Venom. So, and I, I do recall that there was a report that came out shortly after this that said that, that Tom Holland, dressed as Peter Parker, was on set. So take that how you will. I don't necessarily believe it, I'll be honest, um, but that is the current rumor. Where is that massive grain of salt I keep in my over here? What do you think, Sparks? Are you on board with this one or 
I don't believe it. You remember when Kevin Feige did that press thing with I forget her name right now, but the the woman from too. Sony and they're sitting Amy right Pascal. there. That is that it? Yeah, Amy Pascal. Okay. And they're sitting there and and she's like, Oh yeah, they're definitely connected. And then it's like, oh, we got to immediately backtrack on that one. Right, and he was just like, excuse true. me, what? <laughs> yeah, that I don't believe this right now. Yeah. I stand by that. I, I really don't think he will be. I don't. I, unless, unless Marvel has seen something and they've gone, oh, you know what? This looks pretty good. Sure. Sure. Uh, I, I think that they are purely doing a let's see if it's successful and then maybe Marvel will decide to connect it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All righty. Moving on, the December, the December, Jesus, the DC Extended Universe had some news, uh, and I say I use DC Extended Universe not as m- so much uh, the the universe of films, more along the lines of just kind of everything in DC. It's extended, like the Star Wars expanded universe or whatever. Yeah. Flashpoint has directors finally: John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, who are two of the screenwriters for Spider-Man: Homecoming, and the directors of Vacation, which was not a good movie. So, I don't know. Hey. They've also done other films, though. Uh, Horrible Bosses, which I found to be quite delightful. The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, which I really liked. Uh, Clyde with a Chance of Meatballs 2, which I honestly, I'll be honest, could not get through. Um, Horrible Bosses 2, which was terrible. And uh, coming out this year, Game Night with uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel Weisz, which looks hilarious. So, hey. They got pretty good score. Why not? They got like some good, some bad, but honestly, who doesn't? It looks like they're going back with the uh, with the con- with the comedic route with uh, where they started with uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's that's kind of uh, interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, shall we start the pool on how long these dark doors are gonna last? I say two months. Okay. Okay. So we got Brian for two months. Uh, Sparks, how how long do you want me to scratch you down for for the pool? Um, I think they'll be committed, and then the movie will get canceled. Oh, oh, all right. And then it'll get pulled, and they'll be like, you know what? We're not making a Flashpoint anymore. We're making something else. All right. So, uh, But maybe that's me pipe-dreaming, because as long as it's still called Flashpoint, I don't really care. Yes, I agree. I say four months. All right, then. Legends of Tomorrow. Speaking of Flash, Kid Flash will be replacing Firestorm on Legends of Tomorrow. Really? And talk, talk about things I don't care about. Yeah, I'm with Sparks. Boo. Yeah, see, he's going to debut on episode 11. Uh, which airs on February nineteenth. I, I know Firestorm died, or half of Firestorm died in the Crisis on Earth X, but and Jax, came, and Jax also left. So, uh, look, it's just another super. It's just another overly powered superhero. They're going to be, they're going to bench on the ship. So Boo. hey, you know, that's what they do. Uh, you know what it really looks like is ooh, we lost our black guy. We better get a different <laughs> black guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what it looks like. Well, it's also you know over on Flash, they clearly are like, well, we don't know what to do with Wally anymore. Right, yeah, right. Because he was only in a Crisis on Earth X for like two seconds. He and was, then he was he, gone. He, he was only in the series, in the season for all, all of two seconds. Oh, really? That's the only time. Oh, yeah. That's, that's even worse. In the, you, I mean, you're not watching the shows no, anymore. But the beginning of season four, he's like, "Hey, look, I'm saving the city." Uh, and Barry comes back. Okay, bye. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so did did his daughter not break up with Wally? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrison Wells' daughter. Did, well, but but it was a breakup when cube. Cisco in the but in the Christmas episode, Cisco gets it and he assumes it's a breakup cube. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "That's not what that is. It's a different cube. That's what I assumed. 
it's a different cube because it looked like it was the exact same cube. I mean, and so I was like, is it actually not? A breakup cube because they were very actually... clear. They were very clear that that she breaks up, that she broke up with Wally, and that was why he, that was part of the reason why he decided to leave the team because he needed to find himself. And then this was, I assumed, a different cube. Right, You're which is why now this. I'm like, was that a lie? Mm, maybe was Wally seeing something else instead? And we were all just seeing the breakup. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think they think that much. I, I I'm not going to give these writers that credit anymore. I don't trust them. Anyway, sorry that, that it confused me when I watched the Christmas episode. I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I, I agree. Um, another there's another reason for the tissue box, eh? 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 Uh, eh? 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 I just, eh? I just. Do you get it? Do you get sparks? Yes, I get it. I just don't really like that actor very much. No, he's awful. I, I, I mean, like the actor that plays Jax isn't a ton better, but he was better. He was more likable. I felt. He was more likable, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, now we got to deal with Wally's smug face and whatever. I agree. Trailer talk. Guys, Tomb Raider released a new trailer uh, this week. Uh, ben, you did not see this. I mi- I completely missed it. Uh, Sparks, well, you were on vacation. I won't blame you for that yeah. one. Sparks, you saw it just before the episode. Uh, before I say what I thought, what do you think? Um... I didn't really need it, to be honest sure. with you. Like, it didn't show me that much new that would sell me on the movie. Like, I, the, a couple of action shots, I was like, neat. I look forward to seeing that in full. And then other than that, like, all the plot stuff, I'm like, I don't really want to know. I just want to watch the movie. Like, I I was actually very, from the trailer, I'm actually very not interested in the movie anymore. I didn't like what I, I saw. I'm not not interested in the movie, but I do feel like there was nothing compelling about the plot in the movie. Right. It looks it looks kind of or boring. in that in that trailer. The trailer didn't make the plot very interesting to me. Yes. And I'm I'll like, uh, I wish I hadn't seen this because I don't want to. I don't know. I still want to see the movie because it looks cool. Right. And we'll see the movie. Um, we'll actually do a review of it most likely. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm not crazy about what I saw in that trailer. But hey, you know what? Movie could still pull it off. It could. So who knows? Uh, all right, that, that'll do it for the news. Anyone want to bring up something real quick before we move on? I got nothing. Sparky Sparks? Well, uh, so um, some crazy things are happening to Dragon Ball fans right now because they are saying Dragon Ball Super is going to end. But nobody knows actually what that means. All we know is that the last episode right now is scheduled in March. And then it's going to be on a possibly long hiatus, possibly not come back status in the sense that they've said the series isn't over, but nobody knows if Dragon Ball Super itself is returning or if a brand new Dragon Ball series entirely is going to come back later. We know there's a new movie coming out, right? Yes, we are assuming that a lot of the animators are taking a break to work on the film that Toriyama is building, which is the 20th 20th Dragon Ball uh, full-on feature film release. Wow. And Whoa. and it's going to go back to the origin of the Saiyans. Uh, like, give me more of that, please. We already got it's, it. It's gonna. It's oh gonna no! Be, wait, are we going the time travel Bardock story? No, 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 no. It's gonna be before. It's it's supposedly gonna be before Bardock. It's gonna be all about like Toriyama's apparently been working on the story for ever since uh, in the back of his mind ever since uh, 
uh, he worked on Resurrection F. So this is this is going to be a big film because he wants to make it a big big deal. He's never drawn more pieces for the film himself uh, of the past two as much as he has for this one. He's very excited about it, so that makes me excited about it. It's cool, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, because Ryan Ryan talked to me about this, and he's like, "Oh no, it's ending! Dragon Ball Super's ending!" Sparks, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 it's okay," because um, they've been going nonstop without a hiatus for two years. Like they they've been put pumping out episodes for a very long time. Oh uh, no, three years, three years. It's been three years they've been pumping out episodes. Non-stop. And they've been doing so, this nonstop. So basically, their season hasn't even ended yet. Uh yeah, I mean because they have like the saga breaks, but they've never stopped and taken a break. So like, I I'm fine with them going on a hiatus. This is not the end of Dragon Ball. It is insanely popular over there right now. The Dragon Ball Super Show. Um, it's only gotten better and better, and it is also getting more and more popular here in the States. So I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon, but it is going to be interesting to see what happens next. Yeah, I say give the guys over there a break. I yeah. think they deserve it. That's cool. I'm I'm very excited about the movie, and I'm very excited about the end of the current arc that's happening in Dragon Ball Super because it is crazy, and the animation is so good. You know what? Whew. When I catch up, we'll do an episode on it. Sounds good. So, uh, like five years? Yep, just about. <laughs> Make it six years so I get an extra year to catch up. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so, earlier today, uh, Ben and I uh, and Sparks sat down with uh, Ted Sroka, mm-hmm. uh, which did. is the title of the episode. He is the voice actor for Mega Man X. Uh, in on Marvel vs. Capcom uh, Infinite. I'm getting there. A few Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Thank you. There you go. Um, he, we sat down with him earlier today. And uh, so. Here's us again, but earlier. And our main topic of today, you may know him from Ikitosen, Paranoia Agent, Street Fighter 4, and my personal favorite, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, as the voice of my favorite character of all time, Mega Man X, Mr. Ted Sroka. <laughs> Let's just say I'm very, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Yeah, sure. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so how you been, man? It's been, what, a few months since we uh, last saw each other at uh, Stanley's Elliott Comic Con? Yeah, I've been good. It's been a good, um, like, beginning of the year. I've, I've already done, like, three dubbing anime type sessions so oh nice i don't think i can talk about any of them okay but, so um, he's done some anime work so zip yeah um yeah it's been good like for uh for the beginning of the year like you can't really beat that in january usually it's kind of slow yeah I, w- I was just happy because i got to go on vacation at the beginning of the year so i'm, I'm like woohoo Did vacation you just get back today because i was following your instagram feed <laughs> And there were like dozens and dozens of posts. Yeah, up and even until like last night. No, I actually came back on Friday. Okay, so yeah. you went to you went to Florida, right? Yeah, I went to Orlando, Florida. I went to Disney World and Universal. Did is the Spider Man ride still there? It's still there. That is my all time favorite ride ever. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, I liked it even better than the Harry Potter ride when I went. That oh way. wow! Yeah, I personally enjoy the Incredible Hulk coaster the most. But I love the Spider Man ride because you get to notice all the Stanley all the like Stanley cameos. Oh, it's 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 exactly like the nineties cartoon. Yes. With C D Barnes. And uh it's so immersive. That that this is why I like it better than the Harry Potter ride. Mm-hmm. Uh the Harry Potter ride is like a great three D, you know, three sixty, one eighty cinema experience. Uh-huh. But then you go into these areas where you have these kind of like kind of clumsy mechanics and it it takes you in and out of the experience. Where Spider-Man, it's almost seamless because yeah. of the animation, everything, like what's real and what's not real. Uh-huh. 
It's kind of like Transformers, if I recall. It's been a long time since I've been there. Yeah. Tangent on that. But yeah, all-time yeah. favorite ride. Glad it's still there. Let's start, talk about you, because you're the reason why we're doing this. Yes. So what exactly got you into voice acting? Um. All right. Well, how can I do this? I, I was a, you know, like a theater major in college. I got into acting when I was in high school. Um, and after college, uh, a girl I went to school with, uh, Erica Schaefer, very talented actress, uh, she was cast in um, an anime series called Nazca, and they had not cast um, the male the male hero and, and the male villain yet, and they'd already done a couple rounds of casting, and they didn't didn't find anyone that they liked, so she gave them my name, and I auditioned, and I booked that, and it never really occurred to me, and it's kind of weird being an actor, that, that, that animation and anime and all that was an option, mm-hmm. and I did it, and um, Talison Jaffe was my director on that. I don't know if you know who he is, and, and he... And this was back when this was this was this company's first project. There were no beeps or anything. I don't know if you know when you dub. Generally, they sync everything up, and you get three tones, and you go like on the unheard fourth beep. Everything we just eyeballed everything. Uh huh. But I loved doing it, and then I kind of was in a. At the time, I was also working as a script supervisor for multi-camera television. Oh wow. Um, so it was kind of nice in that I could. I had a creative outlet doing something I really liked. And I was also kind of at the time having a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. And the reason I kind of got into script work was because I didn't want to just come to LA and work at a restaurant and not understand how the entertainment industry worked. I kind of wanted to work in TV and film and kind of like have an understanding of the industry. Uh-huh. Um, and then after a while, I decided just to kind of go full-time on voiceover. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of cut back the script work and got an agent and... All that kind of stuff. All the, and the rest yeah. is history, essentially. So it yeah. kind of sounds like um, you become a voice actor was kind of a little bit of an accident. Is that fair to say? Yeah. It was uh, It was kind of happenstance. Yeah. If I hadn't have had that audition, I wouldn't have. And it's kind of weird because I grew up, you know, like I was the kid who would get up at like five in the morning and, and watch cartoons every Saturday, like religiously. Oh, hey, same here. Yeah. I would watch the Godzilla cartoon at 7 a.m. every Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Deep cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... I would like no alarm clock. I would be there, you know, in front of the TV. And um, yeah, it never occurred to me that like, oh, these are actors who do this. Oh, yeah. Until I got this job. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is like and for me, like animation, video games, all that stuff are kind of like those are the stories that are much more exciting to tell than like what is available to me as an on camera talent. Okay, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dubbing. For anime, how is it? How does that differ from like doing video game work or an or an American animated uh, show? Oh well, um, obviously, for the most part, I guess dubbing is for the most part Japanese. But I mean, I've done Chinese, and I just did a Russian series recently. Yeah. But um, with American animation, things aren't pre-animated. Like in, um, you know, obviously, like when you're dubbing, everything's been animated. You have the track of the original language. So the process is, uh, one, you're almost always by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they'll do is you go in and, and they'll cue up your next line. And they'll be like, okay, this is what's happening right now. And then they'll play you the, you know, the track in the original language to kind of get a feeling for the emotional context that the other actor did. And then you're beeped in and you do it and you try and match the sync as best you can. Um, so it's a little bit more of like from a technique standpoint too, like you have your script in front of you, but you have the screen. So like. I try and memorize the line as much as I can, and I try and match my performance to what I'm visually seeing on the screen. Sure, yeah. Whereas with animation, none of that's there. A lot of times you're in a group 
of people so you can react off the other people and you're mostly focused on your script because there's nothing else to look at mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, I, I was always interested to see how uh, like this is this morning it kind of dawned on me because i was watching the latest digimon uh film one of the latest one but one of them and i was realizing like some of the american dialogue goes pretty quickly uh to kind of catch up with the with the with the with the mouth movements of the of the characters. And I just thought that was so interesting to see yeah. how that could work. So you've done voiceovers for video games. What's the first video game you voiced? You had a voiceover job in. Um, it was with the same company, um, Lead Generation, who did Nazca. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, the character's name was Jamil. Um, and he was like an elf guy. What a name. Um, Sounds like an RPG. J-M-I-L. It was. It was an RPG. It was a Japanese RPG. Um... I would have to, I would have to look it up on my IMDb. Funny thing is, there. I was actually I was looking up on IMDb earlier. I was like, oh, cause I was like, okay, so, okay, so I know. Where, so I actually saw the name, but I can't because it wasn't Star Ocean. You did that later. Yeah. Uh, oh man, even I'm I'm blanking on the and name it's not too. Chocobo's Dungeon. It's not. It's uh. Gee, uh, it's not like I have a phone with IMDb yeah, got, already yeah. on it. I was yeah. about to be like, hey Ben, where's your phone? <laughs> it's right um, here. <laughs> Yeah, but that was kind of like what happened kind of was, you know, anime kind of dipped in popularity like in like 2005, 2006. And yeah. It was, just, it was just, there was less work. And um, so New Generation started to get into doing um, video games. And, and one of the people, uh, one of the heads of the company of New Generation is also a Japanese citizen. So they have a lot of relations with companies in Japan. So yeah. uh, we're now looking me up. Last remnant. No, wait, nope. That's not it. Oh, close. We're getting was there. it Romancing Roma Saga? It was Romancing Saga. Romancing Saga. Yeah. For the PlayStation. Oh, wow, that's a deep cut. PlayStation 2. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so you were looking at doing just acting in general before you got into voice acting, right? Yeah. I mean, I was and I kind of like, I went to the University of Arizona and I would like try to get like, you know, I, I interviewed with some commercial agents when I first came out and uh, that's when I kind of came to the, you had the... Uh, the harsh reality of like agents not caring that you have a BFA in acting. Um, and then I kind of, like I said, I kind of sidetracked myself working production for a long time. And then happenstance kind of happened where I got that um, first dubbing gig. Right. Yeah. So, so what did you, what did you find was different in like pursuing voice acting gigs from pursuing regular acting gigs that worked for you? And have you ever thought about going back the other way? Yeah. Well, Obviously, I feel like the voice acting community is a lot more with actors, is a lot more like supportive. And I feel like it is that way because um, there's a lot of factors that go into on-camera acting that don't go into uh, voice acting, just in <laughs> terms of appearance or, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that like is out of your control that you can't take personally, like, you know, like you're too skinny or you look like the director's ex-girlfriend or you're whatever. Um, and I kind of feel like because those factors are out of your control, there's a different kind of vibe with on-camera actors. But like with voice actors, it's like you run into another, like I ran into a voice actor, this awesome guy, Dave Mitchell, who I met when I was still doing script work and he was like the announcer on the game show. And uh, I met him at a, at a commercial audition and I was like, oh, you know, I'm with this new agent now, da 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 And he was like, oh, that's so good. He's like, here, give me your email. I'm going to, like, send your stuff to these people who produce video games. And he, like, helped get me a job. And that's kind of, like, the 
the vibe. So I feel like also because people are more mutually supportive because they know like if you're cast, it's just because you're more right for the job than they are. There's not a lot of like jealousy or competition or that kind of vibe too. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that sounds like a complaint because I used to do acting. I went for commercials back when I was in elementary school and middle school. And there are times where I'd be sitting in a room for an audition and everyone's just like sizing everyone up. Yeah. There's like not a lot of uh, camaraderie. It's like, hey, you can do this. You got this. We're just staring at each other going, you're all going down. Yeah. And it's not, I, I've never felt that way in the voice acting community at all. It always felt like a tight knit community. Like you see people like the JL reunion, the JLU reunion hashtag that's been going around lately to get all the voice, ac- all the voice actors back. Yeah. Like There's such a tight knit group that like they love working with each other and they want to be like, hey, yeah, we want to do it again. Let's mm-hmm. let's try and get, get the support going. So it feels like a really tight knit group. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you prefer? Do you prefer voicing for video games or do you prefer voicing for anime? That's a good question. I don't. They both have their challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, video games are, in general, I feel intense and can be a little more vocally stressful because you just have more. Generally, they're they're kind of at more of an intense extreme because there's a lot of fighting or, or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, a lot of grunting. Yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. A lot actually, of efforts. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a, a thing in Marvel's Capcom Infinite where it has all the all your lines in it. You could sample all the lines, and then I got to like the hundreds, and it was like all the ooh ah ooh. Yeah. And anime. Well, gosh, it's hard. It's a tough call. I honestly don't. I like them both, and for different reasons. Obviously, the stories in anime are kind of different in general from the the story types in video games. Um. An anime is kind of a, I guess it depends on if you're assuming you're like a main character in an anime series. It's more of a longer process. And you kind of have time to like sink into the character and really kind of explore things. And, you know, if it's a 20 episode run, where if it's a video game, even if like you're a, a main character, like, um, you know, like I think when I did even Marvel versus Capcom, you know, it, it was an ensemble cast, but I think I, was, I did, it was like six hours of work. Mm-hmm. So you're in and out. So it's so video games are a lot more intense in that you just have to sometimes dive in a hundred percent and go for it. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, I would imagine so. you have a lot of lines lines of dialogue that sometimes the audience don't even get to hear because, like you know, you have like idle dialogue where in certain video games where it's just kind of like, "Hey, can we get going now?" or, or things like that. I would imagine there's a lot of that that you also have to do. Yes, uh, especially for RPG type games. I'm right. sure there's a lots of there's lots of things you, I say that never get heard because you, you know as the player didn't take that certain path on the story. Like I remember when I did. Oh, I know. I like I married. There was a game I played. The character's name was Aiden, and I married like every female character in the game. So I had to go through like <laughs> a wedding. I had to fall in love with and marry like seven different women. Uh, oh, Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Janet. Oh. Yeah. Um, so there's always that, you know, that, that sort of thing where, yeah, there's so many options. Um, Marvel versus Capcom, kind of the story was the story. So I think yeah. pretty much everything I said in that game, I think that made the game is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, RPGs, especially like Sci- those side quests, man, those side quests. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I take breaks from Marvel versus Capcom, I'm playing Final Fantasy 12 and I could even Final Fantasy 15, I could tell you there's a lot of side quests to do. Yeah. So, of course, it's like if you never get to that one side quest, you'll never know what's going to happen. Or you might not get that special treasure. I always kind of picture it like in Skyrim. Like, oh. There's so much to do in that game. Like, There's probably people who've done dialogue for that game that you've never met. Yeah. 
yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite fighting game, and who's your favorite fighting game character? That's not you. These questions come from Ryan. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, okay. Before I even got into voice acting in college, there, um, uh, you know, I was, you know, we would go to the Seven Eleven across the street and get our big gulps. And uh, there was like two, there was always just two video games there. And there was always a Mortal Kombat game, and then the other game kind of rotated out. Sometimes it was like, uh, I know there was one where we fought as dinosaurs. But Mortal Kombat, uh, I, first of all, I'm terrible at video games, but in Mortal Kombat, I always play as Raiden because I kind of like the electric thing. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So that was probably like my go to guy for the longest time just because it, it was always there. And, uh, and um, yeah, now. Do you play many games now? You know, I have a couple of friends who we come over and on the weekend and play video games. It's kind of something we started like doing six months ago, two other voice actors. And um, yes, and we kind of rotate out. So like we, you know, we play Marvel versus Capcom. We play uh, Injustice. We play. Lately, I've been really into Diablo 3. Ooh. Someone uh, mm. t turned me on to that. Um, so I was playing that last night by myself. Um but yeah, normally when my friends come over, we play either that, we, play, we usually play the combat games. And usually like Marvel vs. Capcom, like I feel obligated to play X, so I play him a lot. I'm terrible. He has so many moves. I can't <laughs> even do, like, I mean, I'll look at the tutorial and I'll, I've even will try doing the tutorial sometimes and I can't even like get some of the moves out. Um, do you ever find yourself going like, I know I voiced this move. How do I yes. do it? <laughs> I was like, I know there's, yeah. I finally, like, it took me, like, forever to figure out Sonic Slice. I was like, I know there's a slicer move in here, and I know there's, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, so, someone actually reached out to me on Twitter about doing, like, something for charity where I can play people, you know, as as X and uh, to raise money or something. And I was like, first of all, I have no idea how to set that up. Second <laughs> of all, they would be playing me for, like, 30 seconds because they would <laughs> just demolish me. Um <laughs> It's funny because I actually use X as my main in Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Yeah. I just want to point out, now that you've brought up X, you both are wearing the same shirt. Yes. We are. And we got to get a picture of this before you leave today. I sure. just, It's quite humorous, I must say. Yeah, I got... <laughs> you said you got yours somewhere else. I got mine at the comic where I met Ben yeah. at a Stanley's Comic-Con. And, uh, yeah. Um, my go-to when I play uh, Marvel's Capcom, I usually go Spider-Man and okay. X. Who's your favorite person to work with? As far as like voice director or even voice actor, like have you worked with many? Do you have like a go-to favorite? It's well, voice actor. It's it's hard because you almost never meet doing dubbing and video games. Mm -hmm. I it's you almost never meet another actor unless you're doing like I, you know generally sessions are four hours, so like you, they'll they'll do a four-hour session and then the producers will go to lunch and then they'll do another four-hour session. So unless you're doing a half session and there's overlap with an air you know another actor or like there was a when I was doing Marvel versus Capcom. Fred Tadish and I got misscheduled for the same session. So I was like, oh, hey. And we talked for a few minutes. And then, like, yeah, you know, I let him have the session because he's Fred Tadish. <laughs> um, you almost never meet, it, meet the other voice actors unless you just run into them or, you know, like, or you meet them through friends or that kind of thing. Sure. So you never really get to work with them. So that's hard to say. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, director wise, I mean, it's. I don't really can't say I have a preference. I mean, like I, I have people who like stick out of my mind, like you know. But I mean, like for the most part, 
they're all they're all really talented people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's kind of a vague answer. But no, it's fine. Yeah. You know, you could have also said, "Is like I don't want to hurt my friend's egos." <laughs> yeah. Like that. I don't want to. I don't want to pick a favorite. They're all my favorites. Yeah. So when you found out that you were gonna be Mega Man X, did you do anything special to pre- to prepare for the role, or did you like, okay, cool, I'm Mega Man X now. This is awesome. I did. Well, I did as much as I could. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't even know who I was auditioning for. To like I said, until after I right. signed the, the non disclosure agreement, and so I knew there was a lot of games which I had played varying amounts of, mm-hmm. and um, and I. I don't know if I knew it was like a uh, you know a mashup game like Marvel versus Capcom at the time. I mean, I, I think right. I knew it kind of was, but I wasn't sure or even what X's role was in the story. So I just kind of did as much research as I could. I watched. There's a guy, I think he goes by the name of the Great Clement, and he has all these Mega Man X playthroughs on his YouTube uh, channel. I watched every Mega Man X game just to kind of refresh myself on like. X's point of view and and just the depth of humanity that he has and and just the overall story and familiarize myself with the other characters in c- case they popped up in the game, so I like watched many hours of Clement doing playthroughs and commentary <laughs> on that and I think I tweeted him after the game was out and I was like hey I watched all your all your stuff and I like you know I bought you know the I read comics now digitally it's so I just don't have a stack of comic books everywhere because uh-huh. I, I have boxes of comic books so I I like found all that there was like a there was a short run where Mega Man X appeared in like the Mega Man comic book so I bought that and I read that and, I have those issues yeah. <laughs> so I, I just bought those from us yeah I did I have when I found out that um the Archie Mega Man books were gonna have Mega Man X I kind of I flipped out yeah so I did as much as I could which you know probably wasn't as much as I wanted to but you know because when you're doing a video game you really don't know what's gonna happen until they tell you like, right. I've done games where it's like oh like there's a game I did demon gaze it was like a dungeon crawler and i remember like halfway through the session they're like okay so the bo- the monster that died you just found out was your mom and how explain it to me so obviously you're upset we're gonna need you to cry i'm like all right give me a minute <laughs> so you're you know so i just i thought the most i could do was just you know refresh myself on x as a person and how his point of view and how he feels about things because he's very kind of you know conflicted individual in a sense, oh yeah of course you know? he's extremely powerful yet mm-hmm. he doesn't really he's he did- not a person who wants to hurt anybody and he's not you know he's very he's a strong degree of humanity yeah. for an artificial life form yeah he even in uh mega man x which sadly or uh, mega man x7 yeah is like when you start the game you don't get to play as x until you put until you save x amount of reploids no pun intended and then when Mega Man X finally shows up, he is completely underpowered, and you have to go through practically the whole game just to get him up to par with Zero and Axel. Yeah. What uh, is your favorite role that you've done so far in voice acting? Probably Mega Man X. That's probably that's yeah. an easy one. Um, ben just did a, a fist pump to the sky. Fist pump I'm to just the happy, sky. okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like I also like. Like Capcom has been very good to me. I, you know, I was the voice of Dan too. I personally love Dan. Like I know he's kind of used a joke character, but I've always liked him because of the fact that he's someone who, you know, he covers up all of his insecurities with a lot of bravado, and he's not the brightest light in the forest. But um, 
I kind of like that about him. Like he, you know, he he's all flash because he's covering up like the fact that he feels deep down inside that he's not good enough, and he knows he's kind of not good enough. But he still has this noble quest of like you know his he wants to avenge his father and make his father proud. So I always kind of like those interesting things about him, even though kind of on the surface, you know, he was created as a joke character as yeah. a, as a as a disc to a com- competing game company and all that kind of stuff. And he was a character too who I didn't know I was auditioning for, and, and then I booked it, and then they showed me the picture. And I was like, you want my natural voice for this? Like, <laughs> And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Does this happen a lot that you don't know who you're voicing until you yeah, until when, they walk in? When I auditioned for Street Fighter 4, we didn't know it was Street Fighter 4. And they said something like, I think they're like, we, need, we want you to do something that's kind of like Bruce Lee and like a lot of like high-pitched you know, type stuff. And the first thing I thought of was actually a character in another game. Like, I'm sure, isn't there a character in Mortal Kombat who kind of has that? You know, Johnny Cage. Of, not Johnny Cage. Um, oh, Luke Cage. That was instantly what I grabbed, like thought of, because I couldn't think of anybody in another franchise who had that kind of high pitched sound. Yeah, and then and then I don't think I got that character. I, I don't know who would that be in in the uh, Street Fighter franchise who has like the high pitched. Oh, you've played him, Ben. I've played Street Fighter, but it's been a long time. I, I've I've never touched Street Fighter Five. The last Street Fighter game was Street Fighter Four. Yeah. Oh man. It would be Street Fighter Four. But anyway, yeah, they instead they cast me as Dan and I was actually really stoked because I thought it was kind of cool to play a goofball character anyway yeah. yeah well funny thing about Dan Hibiki apparently they just they released it like oh yeah he, the, he knows how to do the Natsumi no Hado just like uh, Ryo does so he may be like a Joe character but he's also like really really powerful he just yes. hasn't this sounds like it. a squirrel girl situation yeah it, it I think <laughs> it is kind of is like a squirrel girl situation well the thing you notice like one what I liked about him too was like all the people who are really 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 good will play Dan just to embarrass you because he's such a hard character to play and all his you know all specials like his adoken like 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 fizzles out like you know a third of the way across the screen so he's a he's a challenging character just to play technique wise mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, sadly, I've never played as uh, Dan, but out of curiosity, have you played, you've obviously played Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Yeah. but have you played any of the other video games that you uh, worked on, or you just stay away from those? I have, well, a lot of them are RPG games, so like I I got a copy of Demon Gaze 2, and I got um, and I got a copy of, uh, what, came, what did I do recently that came out? Um, Dark Rose Valkyrie, and um, so I've kind of, I've tinkered with those a little bit. Uh, RPG games are a, a huge time investment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yo. Truth to that. And uh, and it's like, I love my character in Dark Rose Valkyrie, too. Like, he's this kid who comes from a family of privilege, and he, you know, he joins this whole force for, you know, reasons because he, he's kind of ashamed of his parents, and and uh, and he does the laundry there. and But he also, like, you know, when, it, when you can choose him to fight, and he has this, like, massive hammer... And it's like it's like an hour of playing. It felt like before I could even get to like where you meet my character, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. I gotta go to bed. You know, <laughs> auditions to record. So I like RPGs, but uh, and I but I love being in them, and I like the stories. But I wish there was some way I could play them faster. Um, I guess that's why you like can go on YouTube and watch the cutscenes. Yeah. Um, you watch like speed throughs also yeah on, on, like people who like who uh finish who finish a game in, like two minutes and you're like that took me three hours yeah there's, there's um there's yeah. a voice actor dino andrade who was the voice of uh scarecrow 
for like the Arkham Asylum and I wanted to watch it and I bought Arkham Asylum and I was playing and I was playing and I was playing and I was like, and then I realized like, oh, I can just watch this on YouTube <laughs> and like see his performance. And I like that. Yeah, I just typed in and I watched the whole story and it's I a saw good performance. performance. Yeah, it's a great performance. Yeah, Dino cool. is super, super talented. Yeah, we met him at, at, at one of the conventions. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there a character you really want to voice and or a uh, just a like project you really want to be a part of? Ooh. Um, well, dubbing wise, what's out now? Um, there's a there's a there's an anime called My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. I've been watching yep. that. Yep. Um, it's a great show. That's obviously, great that's show. that's recorded in Texas, and uh, so it's unlikely I would be able to go out there to work on it. But um, I love that show. My friend Zach turned me on to that, and uh, I've been I, trying to get these guys to watch it. Yeah, it's on a uh, Funimation too, I, I think. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's worth like the you could power watch in a couple months. It's worth the six dollars a month Funimation will charge you or whatever. Just to, it's like, so good. Um, that's probably one of my favorite animes right now that I'm not working on, and mm-hmm. um, game wise, well, I mean, here's the thing: growing up. Uh, like, I was talking to a friend about tattoos recently, and I was like, I, I, don't, I don't have any. And I, you know, my con- my thought was like, if I want something on my body, it's going to be my body forever. And I was like, the only thing that I've known that I've loved, like, my earliest memories is Spider-Man. Like, I carried around, like, basically a Barbie that was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, it had, like, mm-hmm. clothes on it, except the face, you couldn't take the mask off. So, like, that's my earliest memory, but I was like, I still I don't know if I would tattoo Spider-Man on my body. Um, so it would be awesome to voice Spider-Man. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll get the opportunity to do that, because hopefully my voice will stay fairly youthful. Robbie Damon's doing a great job doing Spider-Man now, so. Um, but, yeah, if I were going to do any character, that would that would definitely be a dream job. would be Spider-Man. Um, maybe Iceman. Iceman was another, like, favorite character I read reading comic books growing up. Um yeah, if they ever yeah. do another X Men series, you should uh, should audition for that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of at the the randomness of what your <laughs> agent <laughs> sent you. <laughs> but um, but yeah, those I guess would be the two like dream jobs, I suppose. Okay. I, I grew up reading comic books, so most of my like knowledge on things are comic books and cartoons. So, well, what kind of comics and cartoons did you grow up with? Uh, Spider-Man. Okay. I read, I read a lot of the X-Men stuff. I didn't read a lot of DC as a kid. Mm-hmm. Partially. It's okay. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Partially. Well, it's partially because I think as a kid, like, well, X-Men was easy to get on board with originally before it became like 10 comics. You know, there was just like one comic originally, Uncanny mm-hmm. X-Men. And so I was like, oh, I can, you know, my allowance can pay for this. And um, Spider-Man was a little more intimidating because even then you had like four comics and I, you know, but... Um, but I will say, like, as I've gotten older, like, DC has done some really great stuff uh, recently. I'm actually oh, yeah. kind of more into what DC's doing comic book-wise right now than what Marvel is doing. You hear that? I could a lot. You're, you're with yeah. us on that one. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think also when I liked Marvel growing up, too, I kind of felt like, in general, DC, back when I was a kid, kind of had a little bit of the concept of heroes kind of being perfect. Um Whereas Marvel, kind of like, all the heroes were flawed. They were people. Like Spider-Man, he was just this kid who was trying to just do the right thing and and and, and, and do his best, and he would mess up. And whereas, like, Superman, 
kind of like didn't really seem to have those problems because he was detached in a sense. So it was easier to relate to those characters growing up. Now I kind of think DC has that humanity in a lot of their characters, um, mm-hmm. which is why their storytelling is a little more is engaging. Um, Your storytelling kind of became what does it feel like to be this detached character yeah. in this world? And I think that, that really helped them out once they tapped into that. Yeah. yeah. Were you familiar with Mega Man before you got the job, or did you have any idea of who he was? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we played, like, my brother and I played, like, the Mega Man games growing up. He was much better at them than I was. Um, hey, those early Mega Man games are very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we played them all, you know, we played them all, like, and then when I was in college, I kind of didn't really play as many video games because you just don't have time, or at least yeah. I didn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I played them to varying extents as they kind of got released. All right. Well, I got one last question for you, Ted. Yeah. If you can say it. <laughs> but you probably you probably can't because we know that uh, Mega Man 11 is finally coming out later this year. Has Capcom come to talk to you about voicing X in a possible Mega Man X game, or are they just tight lipped about that? They have. I well, I wouldn't be able to say anything anyway. But if they did, but, blink um, once if yes, <laughs> twice for no. That's the best part about having a all IO podcast because no one can see this. Yeah, obviously, I would love to do it but i know nothing about any other games being okay. coming down coming down i mean i saw i saw the youtube clip for mega man 11 and it looks amazing the the graphics on that look like it almost like they were hand drawn it reminded me of cuphead have you guys seen that oh game? yeah yes yes yeah it, it reminded me of that and i was like wow this right. looks amazing and i have no idea like i know there's a voice in that game i have no idea if that's you know who that is or if it's scratch or, or what um but yeah so Sorry, no, no, that's oh, yeah. no that that is t- that's totally fine. You're already the voice of Mega Man X, and I was just glad that Capcom brought back Mega Man X because um, about a year ago, I remember we were doing a st- we read a story that they were saying that hey, we're gonna revive some of our franchises that have been quiet for a while, and Marvel vs. Capcom was one of them. I was bummed that in three we didn't have Mega Man, we had Zero, which was cool. Yeah. We had Zero and Tron Bond, yeah, which hurts me because Legends is one of my favorite Mega Man game of all time. And then we here we have Cat Infinite with uh, X and Zero, so I'm like, okay, I'm happy. And X Zero and Sigma, so I'm like, sweet, I'm happy now. Yes, I was at a, uh, <laughs> I was at a workshop with, uh, with uh, some other actors. Uh, it was actually for, um, you know, kind of showcase your talent. And one of the other actors in there was the guy uh, who's the voice of Ultron Sigma, Ooh. or Sigma slash Ultron Sigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris. That's cool. So like uh, I met him and we kind of exchanged information and the one guy was like, "Can I get a picture of you guys together?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. But it was bizarre. Like, yeah, we just entered. He's like, "Oh," and that's kind of like that's the thing is you never really know. It's hard to meet other voice actors because you never really work with them. You just right. you're if, if they recorded before you, you might be able to hear what they did, you know, to lead you into what you need to say. But well, Ted, thank you again so much for coming on and telling us about how it is to be like Mega Man X and voice acting and all that stuff. It is a uh, huge pleasure and uh i'm just jazzed man no, but thank you so much we <laughs> yeah, really sure, appreciate you doing this yeah. yeah yeah hey doors always open next time you get something big coming down say hey so i got this thing coming down it's like get get over here or or yeah. if you just want to talk some comics with us yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah definitely i um you guys could probably fill me in on a lot of stuff i had to take a little break i haven't read anything in the last two months I got a little burned out, and I just got busy with the holidays. All right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the comic book store, and you're going to pick up Doomsday Clock. Yes. Yeah, I heard you talking about I was listening to your podcast on the way over, and you're talking about Doomsday Clock. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so it's Doomsday Clock and Dark Knight's Metal. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight's Metal is amazing. Yeah. Um, all the tie-ins for Metal are just as good as the main storyline. Okay. And uh, Doomsday Clock, obviously, that's a big one. Um, what else? Ah, that's it. That, so those that, are the essentials that they got right now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing on nothing on Marvel. Oh, um, Infamous Iron Man. That's one where Ryan where loves that book. Yeah, that's one where Doctor Doom is in Doctor the body of Iron Man for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was I saw that. I was like, I because I loved um, Superior Spider Man. Okay. Like I know, like as a kid, if I if that came out as a kid, I would have been so disgusted. But uh, I overall like the story. I like the concept of like. This, you know, villain, you know, first of all, getting like his like weird perverted wish to like be trapped in the body of this like, you know, amazing person and like and then trying to like, I'm going to like destroy his life. And then he how conflicted he was and and the interesting things he did that kind of like were things that maybe Peter should have done for a while and then how he kind of takes it too far. I thought it was a good story. Ultimately, it was, I think, the highest point that that run ever hit. Yeah, honestly. And I think that. He Dan Slott is now leaving uh, Spider-Man ah. uh, soon, and uh, I feel like Superior Spider-Man was the part that he should have left on, left, yeah. on, left on a high note. I feel, yeah, because yeah. right now, I mean, the, where I left off with Spider-Man, he basically was Tony Stark light, right? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. yeah. You're caught up. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys, for doing that wonderful interview. You mean thank us? No, I'm thanking us. I'm thanking our past selves <laughs> for doing also, the interview and also big thanks again to ted for coming on and also for signing my Mega Man x pop final i'm very happy about that it's a very good interview uh, i hope you all enjoyed it yeah um but we are not here for the interview to, ch- to chit chat about what we just chit chatted about we are here for ben magnus book club take it away ben hey so my book club is another uh, archie book you may remember a few weeks ago or a few months ago i did sonic the hedgehog but this time i'm finally doing a Mega Man book however this story is not about Mega Man, but his elusive older brother, Proto Man. The story is called Prototype. Proto Man, Proto Man, Proto Man. Wait, no. That's his official theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a rip of John Williams' Superman theme. So this is issue Mega Man issue 17 and 18. The main story is called Prototype, and it's essentially Proto Man's quote-unquote origin story. Because in the original classic games, we never really got an origin of Proto Man. We just got like little snippets here and there. And he was actually one of the villains. He was actually the main villain in Mega Man 5. But throughout the years, throughout like multiple Mega Man games and other Mega Man sources of media, there was like, oh, Proto Man had a faulty power core. He just left. He just had his own thing going around. And then he would come out and help out Mega Man every once in a while. This story is kind of cementing that theory. Whereas Proto Man was, of course, a prototype. Dr. Light's very first advanced robot. I don't understand why I didn't put that together. <laughs> you you never understood that? No. Proto-Man, prototype. So I'll be honest. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog book, I didn't much care for. I, I figured. Uh, this I, forg- I, found, I found pretty compelling. Yeah, this was written a few years ago. If you want to find it in graphic novel form, sadly the Mega Man graphic novels are very hard to find. It's in volume five, Rock of Ages. It's the first two stories of that book. And, and uh, you can find it by singing his theme song, Proto Man, Proto Man, Proto Man. No, you can't. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll stop. But this is, is, it tells the story of a younger Thomas Light who was still friends with Dr. Wily, his soon to be arch nemesis. And Thomas essentially 
bonding with a robot that he views as his own son, not as a machine that's supposed to be used on military missions, blowing stuff up. Isn't that kind of the plot of Mega Man anyway? Actually, no. That's not. Oh. Well, let's not get into that. Yeah. So, of, of eventually, Proto Man's core malfunctions during a military test. The military is like, okay, you want to solve it, but build us a simpler robot, one that doesn't have like this much power. And Mega Man was born. Wrong. Oh. But to well, fi- I'm just wrong all the time today. <laughs> Apparently so. But to fix um, Proto Man, Thomas doesn't know if his personality is going to stay or if it's going to be erased. So, Proto Man, not wanting to lose himself, decides to bail just lives out his own life and then finally says you know what no i'm gonna go back home sees sees thomas light bonding with rock and roll get it who's rock mega man thank you yeah so he sees dr light also who's thomas thomas light okay the creator dr light please use the general use okay fine thank you he sees dr light bonding with uh, mega man and roll and of course he still feels like oh he just replaced me he eventually he actually dies we don't. People don't realize this, but in this story, Proto Man hundred percent dies. Wily's robots find him, and he turns them back on and says, what, "You know what? What do you mean? Like people didn't understand that? I it's thought it was pretty, pretty clear. clear. It's pretty clear that well, because you you know that he wakes up a few minutes later. People are like, okay, so he just like knocked himself out, or he just like passed out before he like died. Uh, died. Seemed pretty clear to me. All right, so he he dies, gets reactivated. Wily helps. Tweet him. at us. Was it clear to you? If you read it. <laughs> So then, and then it's the cliffhanger of Dr. Wily looking on to Proto Man, and then later on in the issues, he gets introduced as Break Man, and then finally, right before the series got canceled, he became Proto Man as we know today. Interesting. So, yeah. we, didn't get a whole, we didn't get a true end to this comic. We never did, no. It's, it really bums me out, but. I'm sorry oh well. for your loss. That's, yeah. No, well, it probably wasn't selling that much anyway, because yeah. the stories in Mega Man. So, why'd you choose good. this book instead of like a Mega Man X book? Because I, I do know that a little while ago they did a um a Mega Man X Mega Man crossover. Well, why didn't you, why didn't you choose that? Um, the reason why is because the main crossover with Mega Man X was uh the second Mega Man Sonic crossover, and it wasn't that good, to be honest. What? Yeah. You know what? Don't get into it. No, I won't. Um, but also on, the m- on the scale of on the scale of how these comics are written, Ben believes it wasn't that good, Brandon. <laughs> Um, so that means that you would it, not like it. It yeah. gets very convoluted very quickly. But um the Mega Man X storylines, they were just back ends. They were just uh um they weren't the main story, they were stories in the back of the book and backup very, stories. Yeah, they're backup <clears throat> stories. On um, the it's reason very why it's easy to figure that one out. Okay. But the reason why I chose this one is because it looks into what Proto Man is. A lot of um fans they, they like Proto Man because he's enigmatic. He's that guy. Think of him as where Mega Man is the Boy Scout, Proto Man, where where Mega Man's like everything is happy go lucky. He he's like he can find a solution to every problem. Proto Man sees the world in a way where not everything is right, but he'll do what he can to make it right. Like in the story where he finds like that family who gets ambushed by the biker gang. Oh yes, that was sweet. And he bl- and he just sit and he just blows up that uh, one biker's um he blows up the bike and says you got lucky leave. And he's like, I don't need their thanks. I just do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, yeah, I found this quite compelling. What did you think of this in Sparks? Um, I wanted it to be darker. Yeah. Yeah, Pro Man is yeah. kind of like the... Elaborate on that, please. Um, well, it's because like I'm really into the uh, 
the Proto Men album that's about the Mega Man story. And in their in their version, the 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 Proto Man is actually uh, you know like a a hero who dies uh, trying to um, trying to protect the city and. Uh, that is where Light gets the inspiration to build Mega Man. Is from the the because because Proto Man. Uh, it's been a while since I read read the synopsis of how the album goes, but Proto Man in that version is actually a man who helps Thomas Light, and he takes on some of his robotic weapons and his helmet, but he gets killed, and then he invents Mega Man in honor of the man that was Proto Man. Are you talking about um the album Act Two, The Father of Death? Yeah. All right, so yeah, that was so. Sick. I'll I'll be honest, Ben. Yeah, that sounds a whole lot cooler than it what is. you let us read. <laughs> well, well, what... I mean, like, and and it's because that's that's just like the most recent version of like Mega Man story that I delved into. Like, I knew the old stuff, but I delved into that, and I was like, ah, I wish this comic was that story. Yeah, I wish it was dark and messed up. Yeah, well, sadly, um, the art Ian Flynn had to write a kids book, so we didn't get into that. No, I know, really I know, dark why. territory. I know why I've read the Sonic comics. I know why it's like this. Hey, you know, what would be pretty cool is if the if Archie's horror, the next horror horror Archie book, yeah. was a Mega Man book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what's gonna happen to Mega Man now. Sonic is with IDW. Mega Man's kind of up in the air. So who knows? As far as we know, it's still with Archie. Yes. Well, they they stopped. So All right, but as far as we know, the as, license is yeah, still with as Archie. As far as we know, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Little, I liked it more than the Sonic book. Um, I. It's a nice, it's a nice story. It's I kind of nice little... kind of wanted to read more. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's one of the stories. It's where you want to know more about Proto Man, and luckily, as the Mega Man books went on, we got to see more. Like the quote unquote darkest thing that Proto Man slash Break Man did was he shot Roland, almost killed her, but that was right before the crossover happened. Her? So the dog's l- a she? Huh? The dog's a she? No, Roll. The dog's a she? Wait, who's Roll? Mega Man's sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow, I was rock, so rock lost. And roll. Yeah, yeah. He... I thought you were talking about the dog. No, that's Rush. This all sucks. They're all named after. <laughs> okay, Proto Man's. You wonder what Proto Man's real name is, Brandon? No, I. Oh, it's Blues. Yeah, yeah. they're all named after. No, blues. I know. <laughs> she kept calling. Oh, Blues is. That's not. Can't, no. <laughs> but yeah, she Proto Man or Break Man shoots Roll, and then the Genesis wave happens, and then there's the Sonic Mega Man crossover, and it's like forgotten about for a year. Oh. Goodness. Maybe yeah. I don't want to read more. Yeah, so that's why I'm not going to make you read more. Okay. <laughs> All right. But it's it's, a- it's not bad. It's good. It's good at the level that it's I know how these comics are because of the Sonic comics. Uh this this was this was good for that. Yeah. It's It's fun. It's yeah, nice little it's like, if, like you want- if you're not very fa- if you're not very familiar with Mega Man stuff, it's like, oh, this is neat. Yeah, it, exactly. If you want to know more about Mega Man, boom, here's Proto Man. His backstory. You're welcome. I like that you said, if you want to know more about Mega Man, here's Proto Man. <laughs> here's a different character. I mean, character. yeah, because it, it, sheds, it sheds a lot of light on the history of Mega Man's world through the story of Proto Man. Sure, 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 sure. Because yeah. you get the weight of Light and Wily's relationship. Because it, when you, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but when you just start the Mega Man comics, they're already enemies. 
when they start the comics, it's right when Albert betrays, uh, or when Dr. Wiley betrays Dr. Dr. Light. Right, so you see no history of them having nope. worked together. And so that's what I mean, is like you get that kind of oh, no. you, background it's just, for this. It's just Dr. Wiley shaking um, Dr. Light's hand, and then two pages later, he reprograms them and wants them all to destroy stuff. Shake my hand, man. Yay, not two pages later, we're going to destroy stuff. Oh, cool. Yay. Yay. Um, Where's right. my Mega Buster? All right, so that'll do it for us today? Yes, it would. All right, guys, thank you, as always. Uh, Ryan, you are with us in our hearts. We miss you. He's in my stomach. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ryan's <laughs> book club next week, Mr. Miracle, number one through six. Um, that is a, a trade collection, uh, but the trade collection has not been solicited, so uh, find those six issues. They are pretty great, uh, according to Ryan. So uh, definitely check those out and come back to us next week. Next week as well, guys. Yeah? The world-famous... Voice director Andrea Romano will be on this show. I pitched squeal, and we are so excited uh, to have. We have been trying to get this, trying to find the day, and she emailed us with the day. We're not going to say no. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 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 Andrea Romano. If you guys do not know, she is the voice director, the voice casting director for Justice League, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, so many, th- so many titles, but just to name um, a few, I can't even. We're not going to name them all, but there are. If, if there is a childhood animated show that you love, chances are she was the voice director on it in the '90s and the early 2000s. It was her. We she just celebrated her retirement, so we are very excited to have her on the show to talk about all things. So that'd be great. So look forward to that. Uh, unless we have to cancel for some reason, but hey, let's, let's hope. Fingers crossed that we don't. Uh, so, at the end of the show, we love to, we'd love to say thank you to all of those who contribute to us. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Vellucci, uh, you can find him on Instagram at JV Jabberwock. He does our theme music, uh, and he does a show, Suburban Proctologist, at facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Uh, it's a really funny show. If you haven't watched it yet, listen to it yet, that's the one. Uh, definitely check that one out. If you have, hey, maybe go through it again. It's pretty funny. If you are a human being with human conscience, now I'm, I'm gonna stop. That was the original ad. That was that that we. Had I gotta for get him a new ad for that. I I had that thing memorized for oh. a while too. I'm sorry, Louis Barreto, who does our logo Instagram, who did our icon slash logo Instagram at Lens for Eyes. Check him out. He's got great great art, uh, and he runs Anyzine E N I Z I N E. They meet every third Wednesday of the month. Anyone who's welcome to join at the Cal State Northridge Art Department from five oh seven from six to ten. If you're in the Greater Los Angeles area. If you are not, you can find them on Instagram, anyzine, E-N-I-Z-I-N-E underscore C-S-U-N. Facebook, anyzine at CSUN. Email anyzine.csun at gmail.com. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, you can find us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fake Nerd Podcast. If you'd love to get in touch with us, follow us. we got some cool shenanigans coming up. We are overhauling our entire social media, so definitely stay tuned for some cool stuff happening uh, there. FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com if you'd love to get in touch with us personally. We'd love to hear from you all. Find me, BT McClure, at Twitter and Instagram. You really had to think about that. I really have a hard time not giving away my email address. (laughs) Uh, You can find Sparks. Uh, Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ben. Ben Magnet 27 for both Instagram and Twitter, but if you go, you're only going to see my vacation photos, just saying. Yeah, there are a lot. There are uh, a lot, Subscribe yes. to us on iTunes. Subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, maybe. I'm still working on that one, guys. I'm sorry. It's all right. We are on there. It's 
just a little difficult to stay on there. We're on iHeartRadio, though. That's a big improvement. Spotify. And, and Spotify. we're on Candy Crush. What? And we're on Candy Crush. We're not what? on Candy Crush. No, we're don't, not. Don't no. listen to him. No, no, we no. Are. No. We're on Candy Crush. No, we're not. If you download the game and you play Candy Crush, we're talking in the background. I That would be <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, I cannot think of a and worse thing I to hate, do. That's how you break addiction. I, I hate <laughs> that game so much. Until then, until next week, guys, Ted, take it away. Stay fake, nerds. 